and welcome to the Deputy NBA Podcast. My name is Sean, and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffman. Boffman, man, how are we? Oh, awesome. <laughs> how awesome. are you? I'm good, I'm good. You don't sound awesome. Nah, I've been, uh, I've been waylaid with a nasty mm. uh, variety of influenza for most of the last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you if you if I'm coughing throughout the episode, uh, which you won't hear because we're editing it. Apologies <laughs> for that. Or if my speech seems stilted because I've coughed in between, <laughs> and Sean has gracefully edited it out. Um, I apologize for that. And also, if I cough on you, you know, confined space here. Don't want to be coughing and spluttering all over you. Nah, we've talked a lot about particles in the past three years, so let's um let's move forward to this new normal. This but COVID thing. This nasty cough. But because you've um because you've been sick and been having a pretty crap week, I obviously have to counter that with a pretty good week. Um and we didn't record last week because I was in Byron Bay. Oh, just God living up the life. Um yeah, mid twenties every day. I got sunburnt on two days. I was sitting at the beach. I was you know, drinking pints of the good stuff and literally just being stress-free. Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to think of a story that I can say about it. But No, well, did you have a nice time? I had a nice time, but when I came back, you know, Dad gave me a ring and he goes, oh, Sean, how was your trip? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the trip was pretty good. You know, did this and that. And, you know, I was super refreshed, just, you know, had so much energy. Like, I was sleeping, like, nine, ten hours a day. Like, I was just, it was incredible. Um, actually came back, like, healthier than I was when I left, which might be the first holiday since that's I was 12. That's, that's happened. Um, but yeah, I was just saying to dad, like, oh, you know, buddy, completely legitimate. I was just like, good to get away, good to, you know, have a rest up, you know, sit down at the beach and just ETC, ETC. And he's like, Sean, you sound like a fucking old man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this that's actually the first time I've ever said that and not even just been saying it ironically. Like, you oh. are an old man at heart, though. Well, you we all are. are. It's just a matter of getting there. Well, you've got there. <laughs> you have well and truly got there. Um, all right. Well, that's out of the way. Let's let's just talk about. You've got the run sheet in front of you. Scroll up to the top. I wrote a couple of notes because obviously, if you've if you've seen the the name of this episode, we're going to be doing the over unders, which is a a deep two staple that we've been doing for three years now. I think the first one was it was in uh, August two thousand and nineteen. How about that? Which was a, a bygone mere, era. A mere four months after we'd started the podcast. Mm-hmm. And little did we know that we would give give birth to this beloved yearly tradition um and and last year you famously along with trying to do the double number push <laughs> trying to <laughs> i tried to do it this year as well <laughs> you dirty dirty dog <laughs> along with trying to do the, the double number push on the new york knicks last year you also said because you had gone 15 overs and 15 unders that you thought that you've, you'd nailed it. You thought yeah. you were going to get 30. <laughs> you were going to get 30 out of 30. And I tried to explain to you that that's not how that's not how that works. Um, did you get 30 in the end? Nah, yeah. uh, but I still won, didn't I? Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, I've won two in a row. So this is... How, did you, of- how have you not won three in a row? I'm not very good at this game. Because we haven't done three yet. This is the third one. 2019, oh. 2020, 2021, 2000 and... Oh. We should have searched this before we... 22. Yeah. This is, this is the fourth one. Is it? And I'd be shocked if I had a win. 
<laughs> I think we were close last year. But obviously, if you've listened to these podcasts before, you know what we're doing. But we've gotten the most recent over-under projection that we can find. I think this was set at September 12th, 2022. So obviously, after the Donovan Mitchell trade, after the KD saga. Um, so we found some numbers, the over-under numbers, and I think they're pretty good. I mean, nothing else is nothing else major is going to happen unless you you think the Gary Harris torn, <laughs> torn ligaments, big news. Um, so, yeah, we've just gotten the numbers. We're going to pick whether we're going over or under or potentially even a cheeky little push, whether that be on a round number or a 0.5 number. <laughs> um, but there's precedent there, so it can be done. And we'll start us off with the Brooklyn Nets, who their number is set at 45 and a half, and that would put them in at the seventh seed. Dante, what have you done with the Nets? I've gone over, but I had del- deliberated on this so much. Mm. And I'm so... So tempted to go under. Really? Yeah. Because I I went over and I almost made it my best bet. Because they won. I've got it. I've got it here. This is why we got the printout. But they were the seventh seed last year or the eighth seed. Seventh seed. They won the plan. Um, and they won forty four games. So yeah. this that team last year had the Kyrie Irving vaccination saga where he was in and out of the lineup and then he wasn't and then he was injured. They obviously had the James Harden who didn't try to play basketball at a high level, ended up getting traded for Ben Simmons, who didn't play basketball. Um, Kevin Durant, you know, he's just a seven footer with some, you know, some injury history, so he's always gonna miss the odd game here and there. And some of the lineups I've thrown out there were absolutely disgusting. Like Blake Griffin was playing basketball at the start of the year at the start of the year for this team. So that was like a season from hell. And just because they have good players, they just naturally come in and win 44 games, 7-3, 2-6. Um, and so this team, like this, this, this number is just one and a half wins more. I think they're going to smash it because like Kyrie has to play. He has to prove that he's healthy. He has to prove that like he can be a basketball player because he's trying to get a new contract next year, um, let alone trying to win a championship, which, you know, it's up in the air about that. So I think this team's like definitely going to at least be trying, should be healthy. And I I don't know why you're you're worried about it not happening. Well, let me tell you why I'm worried (laughs) about it not happening. Um, Couldn't be worse than last year, right? (laughs) Why not? Because Ben Simmons didn't play a single game. What makes us think that after 18 months of experiencing a public eye mental breakdown and not playing basketball that Ben Simmons is going to come back and be Ben Simmons that Ben Simmons who wasn't cleared until or maybe still isn't cleared for five on fives I think he was playing four on four the other day he's going to be healthy Mm. um, and you know eyes on the prize like it's a three tiered matrix with him of um, mental makeup Mm. health um, and actually being good Mm. at basketball after a very very long layoff and yeah it makes sense on paper that Kyrie contract year needs to needs to have a great season to get the bag one more time it's fucking Kyrie I'm done (laughs) penciling in shit that looks good on paper with him um his his capacity for mayhem is unmatched Mm. and I'm not underestimating the ability for that to happen even in what would seem like a more stable scenario and then the other thing is that he's not also a bastion of health Mm. he's had serious knee injuries in the past he missed basically the whole first season bar 13 games when he was um, when he was uh, when he first came to Brooklyn and over the last two seasons if he had been more available potentially we might have seen more injuries from him Mm. um, as had been um, not uncommon uh, in his post Cleveland career, 
So, the combination of those two characters and the fact that Kevin Durant is turning 34, if you get one of those characters, something goes wrong with them and something happens to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant misses 30 games and one of those guys goes off the rails or gets hurt. Like, the team's done. Mm. It's completely sunk. Mm. Um, so, I am still going over because <laughs> it's only... You know, like a game One and, and a half, half over the more season than from last hell. season. So it is a sensible thing to do, but I'm just, it's extremely on my radar. Yeah. This could be, not to mention that the coach might get fired. Mm. This could be like a tire fire really quickly. Mm. In I lots think of yeah. different ways. I just think it was a tire fire last year and there were one and a half games under this. Like, yeah. you know, let's, you know, it, it's kind of rough on Kyrie to say, well, you know, he hasn't had the injury concerns because he hasn't had to play, but like, yeah, poor. No, but when he does that, when he has, you know, in Boston yeah, as well, yeah. he missed a lot of time. But I'd rather he missed 20 games with an injury than 60 games with, a, with no vaccination. No, definitely. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's saying that you have to be... Yeah. Um, yeah that's you something have to you have to include before you think that he's like a stable asset. Like, even if somehow you manage to get him mentally in the right place to be a basketball player mm-hmm. um, and he's playing really well, there's still this other substantial thing that could occur it's like you have to jump through so many more hoops Mm. with him than almost any other player to even get to a point where you feel confident that they're going to be on the court Mm. Um, and I know you're not a fan of Royce O'Neal but he's added depth there and signing TJ Warren again Royce O'Neal's fine I'm not not a fan he's just a he's just a a player I'm just not buying into the Royce O'Neal defensive stopper yeah okay he's he's like Bruce Brown too Um, and TJ Warren if he's healthy (laughs) TJ Bucket Um, Uh, alright that's no it's just that's someone. Is someone there's someone's called TJ Bucket. Is there? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Jimmy Bucket. Yeah, you got yeah, because they had the wasn't there like the beef going back and forth in the in the bubble first round series? I don't know. Maybe I got my buckets crossed. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to the Philadelphia 76ers, whose number's set at 49.5, and that would be <coughs> three seed. Um, I've gone over. You've also gone over. <coughs> Man, <laughs> coffin pod. Um, it seems low for an MVP Embiid. Like, you know, this this seems like it will be Joel Embiid's MVP year. And if he just plays like he did the past two years, I'm sure they'll just give it to him because people get sick of giving awards to the same person three times. And because he's been complaining about it. And because he's been complaining. James Harden <coughs> looks fitter. Um, and they just added better fitting pieces with um, Montrose Harrell, Daniel, uh, Daniel House, uh, D'Anthony Melton, and PJ Tucker. Mm. This, this is a 50-win team. Uh, again, I think this could be one of my best bets what do you think yeah I've gone over as well and pretty hard on the over I would definitely expect this team to be a top two or three seed mm. um, in the east mm-hmm. also they won 51 games last year yeah um, they played a full 82 last year yeah everyone, I'm, I'm, everyone did yeah cool um, that's it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem smart to give this team 49 and a half when they won 52 51, 51. last year and they were a worse team yeah that's uh, Unbelievable! Yeah, one of the best bets. Um, nothing much to add there. No, I think it's pretty cut and dry on that one. Yeah, this is one. Our first actual disagreement. So the Boston Celtics, their number set at fifty-five and a half, which would put them in the one seed in the East, and I think the number one seed in the whole entire NBA. Um, you've gone over, and I've gone under. Why have you hit the over here? Because I think whilst this team uh, might be tempted to kind of take their pedal off the medal. Mm. knowing what it takes to get to the NBA Finals and compete against a champion. Maybe they'll say, like, 
okay, we know what we need to do to get there. We know we can do it. Um, let's just breeze through the regular season. I think even if a little bit of that creeps into their mindset, the moves that they made during the off-season, namely the Brogdon, the Brogdon deal, mm. have helped them get so deep that that won't be a problem anyway. Because on any one night, if, if any of their players are kind of like cruising or coasting or they want extra rest for a couple of guys on back-to-backs, they're so deep at every position mm. um, to be able to compensate for that. And historically speaking, for a one seed, mid-50s is pretty bang on. And I think that this team, this team is going to be the best team in the conference next season. Yeah, I just... I just aren't as I'm just not as excited about their depth like El Horford is like awesome he's been in the NBA for 15 years like that's really cool and he's still managing to play at a high level but eventually that's just going to stop and I'm not obviously not the biggest fan of El Horford for really reasons related to his family um Reasons related to his sister. His sister. Um, so, like, the, the Gallo move was great. And we said that in the off-season grades. I'm like, awesome. Just adds regular season depth. I hope he never touches the court in the conference finals and the finals. But now he's just not going to touch the court. Um, and, like, you know, while the Malcolm Brogdon move was awesome and they gave up peanuts, like, I was like, yeah, that's an amazing move. And I think I gave them, like, an A or an A-plus for doing that. But then I was listening to pods afterwards and then everyone was like, oh yeah, that was the that was the best deal on the table. They didn't just move Brogdon to where he wanted to go. Like they, that was the only first round pick on the table because apparently everyone across the league is just petrified of Brogdon's um, injury report. And we're just like, we, we don't want to like take the chance of just having like an above average point guard getting paid fine amount of money just because we don't think he's going to play. Like that's just bad value. Um, so as soon as you start doing that, it's like, this this is sort of the same team as last year. This they, is sort of the same team as last year that won over 50 games last year despite starting the first 30 games of the season mm. playing like absolute dog water. But with nothing to prove, they've also... Like the, the Rob Williams torn meniscus that he was like hobbling, still good in the finals, but like I just don't really trust that coming through. Like what, when was the last time we saw a guy like actually play well after getting that meniscus like full snip and just work with it? It was like Eric Bledsoe and the Suns maybe well Dwayne Wade did it back in like the 06 days and stuff so it's like we'll see he's, he's you know if if Rob Will goes down like what, what have they got at the fourth? no no for sure for sure if, if, if he goes down Horford's not gonna get it done mm. um, but with a full off season of rest and rest and recovery um, they were obviously able to manage him to a point where he didn't really aggravate the meniscus after returning like you know in you know two three weeks after he, he tore it um, he's back on the court. Um, it seems more like I'm more encouraged with something like that, where we've seen him be able to be an effective basketball player anyway, mm. and then you add on X amount of months rest and rehab. I'm more encouraged with that than something like the Lonzo Ball um, injury, which we'll get to soon. Where mm. you, you hear that they tear their meniscus, and then it's like, oh, he's actually out for another two months. Mm. Or it's another two months. Or, you know, shit like a TJ Warren with his foot. Like, mm-hmm. it's more concerning when they haven't returned and the progno- the prognosis just keeps getting extended. Mm. Um, so I'm not actually that worried about Rob Will. And this team is, yeah, it's the same team as last year, but apply the Philadelphia argument. Even exclude Brogdon. This is basically saying that they're going to be as good as they were for the, 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 the final two-thirds of last season. Throwing Brogdon, that's a cherry on top. Brogdon gives you 50 games of 28 minutes a game. There you go. Like that's that's a mm. an advantage. Like I think this team from last season would win. You know, in the mid 50s. Mm. Um, I'm not too confident about this one, but I'm still sticking the under. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. The New York Knicks are next at 39.5. That would put them in at the 10 seed. I've gone under. What have you done? Trying to figure out how to turn the brightness down on your laptop. Oh, it's the top corner. Yeah. All right. See, I've, I've, for the listeners, I forgot my laptop with all my notes. <laughs> so I've co opted Sean's iPad. And I'm not the most tech-savvy person in the whole world. <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking Knicks now? We're talking Knicks. I've gone under. Yeah. Under, 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 under. You haven't pushed here? No. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no nefarious behavior for me to just wipe <laughs> off the spit that I just spat onto your laptop, <laughs> onto your iPad. No nefarious behavior for me because I don't operate like that in this game, <laughs> unlike you. But... Under the New York Knicks are not going to win forty games. Yeah. No way. I feel really bad for them though. They've done everything right. Like they got Brunson, as you know, they got Isaiah Hartenstein, who might be the best free agent center, <coughs> the best free agent center moving teams. Just everyone in the East got so much better. Like the East is now so much stronger than it has been since LeBron left. Um, and the fucking Knicks, like you just, we both don't trust Jalen Brunson to be like a top five point guard in the league. Um, it's so unfortunate can it's I, so nixy can I ask you a question mm-hmm. who's going to be their best player this season it's not going to be Julius Randle so it might be Rowan it might be Rowan who's on a great value contract yeah but actually applying my logic from a couple of weeks ago it might be Hartenstein like he might have some just sexy on off numbers like so, someone's going to write an article six months from now where they've just cherry picked some metric where it's like Isaiah Hartenstein is the best center in the league or like Rudy Gobert 2.0 um, are you ready for that? Uh, <laughs> nah not not at all um, and I think neither are the Knicks because um, they're paying Mitchell Robinson 15 million dollars a year yeah and um, at least they don't have Taj Gibson anymore yeah well <laughs> silver lining silver lining this, so if Rowan is the best <laughs> player on this team, is it more likely to be by default, <laughs> or because he's taken a like an like an all star level jump? I'm gonna default. say that it's default. Oh, that's so depressing. <coughs> I mean, Chandler Brunson looked really good in the Utah series against a Utah team that was just falling apart and hated each other. Mm. Maybe. You know, over half the teams in the NBA hate each other and he can just <laughs> capitalise on that. <laughs> uh, don't, don't like their They're going to have... They're going to have um, three guys who are third best player on a good <laughs> team type and a whole bunch of role players who it's unclear hmm. whether they are even good. Because you know what would just be the best? If we get 25 games into the season and everyone's like, oh... Quentin Grimes he's not that good <laughs> what was Tim talking about he's not that good was, this is is this year three or four of, <coughs> of Tibbs of Tibbs you know how Fuck we said he's, a, he's got a three time year. flies time flies when he's you're got making the Mourinho, fun he's got the Mourinho three year window <laughs> um, so they made the playoffs I reckon they made the playoffs three years made the playoffs two years ago last year they underperformed and now they've got Brunson this is his third year this is his third year and then because they've upgraded the talent on the court they're going to blame the coach he's going to get fired in three years and you and I are going to be right yeah that's so nice it writes itself yeah but maybe they're going to like you know get a, get a little buff from you know getting like Kurt Rambis in on the sidelines for an extra 20 games with this one with this number when we do our reviews at the end of next season we should like put a note on it, like remember to do like a really firm handshake <laughs> because it's really nice to be able to share 
this next pessimism <laughs> with you because I can't think of anything worse than doing um, a podcast with someone who like is like bored in on the Knicks, um, the Knicks optimist side <laughs> yeah. of things. The Knicks get Brunson and, and your co- podcast co- co-host is like, yeah, I don't know. I could see them being a four seed. <laughs> No, bro. I can't do this with you anymore. <laughs> uh, all right. Finishing off the Atlantic Division, we've got the Toronto Raptors, whose numbers set at 44.5. That will put them in at the eight seed. I've hit the over here um, because they're still Spurs East. You know, they still just find a way to win no matter what happens. And we've doubted them for the past couple of years since Kawhi left. But they always just get value out of everywhere. And, like, look, they've we could see a huge sophomore Scotty come up and like maybe he's a guy who's going to be an all NBA level guy or maybe he's just going to be a little bit better than he was last year which was like you know maybe projecting to be an all-star but all their other dudes are like in their prime or early prime like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakim OG Ananobi I don't believe he's going to make that leap to be like the next Kawhi but at the Even very least he's the best 3 and D player in the world yeah um, I yeah, I see them winning above 50 games and this number set at 44 and a half I, I like that because mm. I like the Raptors. I thought about this one a little bit before going over. Um, but ultimately, I came down to like, do I think they're going to be better than Atlanta? And it's like, yes. Mm. Well, do I think they're going to be substantially better than Atlanta? Yes. Mm. Then I have to hit the over. Mm. Um, like only so many teams can win 50 games. Yeah, seriously. So yeah. saying that they're going to win 50 games means they're going to be a top four seed. Because mm, we've got those three teams we mentioned, and then I've got the Cavs and the Hawks both, both hidden over 50 as well. What about the, what about the, the Bucks? Well, I've gone under there. Oh, I know, so, but I'm saying like you've gone, the Hawks are going to be better than the Bucks. For reasons we'll talk about That's next. crazy talk, bro. <laughs> That's crazy talk. If a couple of guys in white lab coats show up at your house later tonight, <laughs> you're being committed. <laughs> Um, so what have you done with the Raptors at 44 and a half yeah I've gone over yeah I've yeah. gone over uh, would you say it's best bet or just run of the mill bet run of the mill bet my yeah. best bet is in the Western Conference yeah right which is I actually haven't looked at my West at all yet well, what's your no, I'm gonna sneak preview you. I'm going to tell you the left and best bet in the Eastern uh, uh, in the Eastern the Eastern episode just nod if it's Memphis nah Oh, all right. Uh, all right. So the Central Division, the Milwaukee Bucks, whose numbers is a juicy one. <laughs> their number is set at fifty-two and a half, which would put them in at the two seed. I've gone under. Uh, what have you done? I've gone under, but only only, only just, just barely. Like I think this team's going to win fifty games. <sighs> okay, so like if yeah, this two, game two was, and a half. If this game was if, if this number was fifty-one point five, I probably <laughs> would have gone over. Like I think this team's gonna win fifty-two games. And then you would have five fifty winning fifty win teams. Hey, the East is back, baby. <laughs> um so I've done it because Chris Middleton's missing the start of the season with a wrist ligament surgery and there is no timetable for his return. Chris Middleton is a very good basketball player and they're without him. Um, they don't have Dante DiVincenzo, who wasn't good last season. They still have Grayson Allen, who wasn't good last season. Uh, Brooke Lopez kind of fell off after coming back from back surgery, but like, you know, how much are you going to buy into a guy who's like 34 plus coming back from back surgery another year on the speedometer? Um, I still don't like Bobby Portis, as you know, and Bobby Portis is still there. And their big saving grace to come into this team was Joe Ingles, who's going to miss half the year with a torn ACL or meniscus. Um, and he's going to come in halfway through the season and just be like right back into his prime value, which would be two years ago now because last year he wasn't actually as good as he was the year before. Um, and that's before, obviously, the major injury. So it's like how... Like, Giannis is amazing, right? And Giannis... <coughs> 
if you put him on any team, like the Greek national team, maybe they win 50 games in the NBA. But like <coughs> this, this, I don't know. It's not Eurobasket. So like Jokic and absolutely nobody last year won 48 games. And you're telling me that Giannis and nobody for most of the season and then see what happens with Middleton um, is going to win 53. That's, uh, I don't see how that works. I mean, I just disagree with you that it's Giannis and nobody because, you know, it's... it's I haven't mentioned Drew Holiday. Reckless to speculate that um, when Chris Middleton will come back. But let's just say, like, you get half a season of good Chris Middleton. Mm -hmm. Just hypothetically. Mm -hmm. That is so, so valuable. I fully believe in a Giannis ability to kind of go supernova and take control for short periods of time to kind of get the squad through. Drew is going to be there consistent available How old and is I actually think that Bobby Portis and Grayson Allen are good role players on this on this <laughs> team Bobby Portis is like proven offense off the bench um, and Grayson Allen is positionally <laughs> positionally you can slide between the one and the two um, and man can stroke it and also he might just foul your best player out of the game <laughs> by drawing a deck on him I think I think where where this team really could be in trouble is with Brook Lopez because their defensive scheme has been reluctant to rely on Giannis as like the the rim anchor. Mm. Um, that has been Lopez and that has been their success. If he's not able to do that, they won't be able to play the same scheme to the same effect, um, which could force a difficult decision for Mike Budenholzer, mm. famously reluctant <laughs> to change his defensive scheme. Um you might have to face a bit of a reckoning there. Like, oh, mm. oh, are we going to centralize Giannis as a rim protector? Mm. Um, or are we going to try and do things the way we've always done them? But I kind of think there's enough ingredients in the pot to churn out a pretty tasty meal. I also just think that there's, there's no there's no one that's going to come in halfway. Like, no one's coming in at the trade deadline to save this team. Like, who's coming in here where it's like, okay... LeBron... No, but you know, like who's a who's the next Brook Lopez who's available on the trade on the trading? You don't, you never know that until until but it until happens. These guys don't have any first round picks to move, and it's like, do you like Marjan Beauchamp? You can have him. I love him. <laughs> yeah, you can have him, and the dead salary of of Bobby Portis or sorry, of, of Brook Lopez if it is gone poorly. So like, you 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 make a good point, but like, they literally have a defensive player of the year and two time MVP like as the the guy mm. not only like as the guy but as one of the preeminent wrecking forces in the NBA in his complete absolute prime mm. um, but so was Jokic and they couldn't win 50 games well the difference would be that I guess Jokic lost both of his co-stars mm. whereas he's only whereas Giannis is only losing one for part of the season mm. um, I, I don't know I struggle to see <laughs> I struggle to see that it's it's the same situation yeah um, that's that is so heck invalid but I don't know man it's just I've still gone under <laughs> but by one and a by one and a half I just yeah this, this whole discussion is that I think they're going to win 51 games and you think they're going to win 47 <laughs> yeah it's, splitting hairs um, the Indiana Pacers number is set at 24 and a half <coughs> which would put them the worst team in the Eastern Conference at uh you know, the 15th seed in the East, which is quite bad for the mm. Indiana Pacers or, or the Indiana Dantes, because obviously you love to buy into them. Um, I've gone over and I've got it as literally as my best bet. The, the So I've gone under on this. <laughs> the, um, 
under the, the worst the, team in the league. Not shame, but like the cocktail of emotions that I would feel <laughs> if you got this right and I got this wrong after me going, me making Indiana my best bet last year. For two over, years in a row, and, didn't you? And say, no, I think it was just last year. Um, and speculating that Kyle Levert might take his game to a whole nother level would be... <laughs> it, it, it would be akin in, in deep to law. It would be akin only to Doris me, Garland hitting in Colin Sexton. Yeah, me being on the Colin Sexton bandwagon for like four years and then you jumping on the Darius Garland bandwagon and turning out to be right. <laughs> so I would be mad. I've gone under and I don't really know why. Mainly just because like they're telling us that they want to be bad and I'm like, okay, but, but I, I believe you. Every every pot I listen to, they're like, "Oh, Herb Simon's pretty ancient. He's not going to be around for long." And it's like, "Okay, we've been saying that for ten years now." Um, Someone tell Herb to look at the roster. <laughs> but like, the roster's all right. right? Nah, it kind of sucks. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Miles Turner, and this defense. Miles Turner is not going to be there past thirty games in. But he, how's he still there? He shouldn't. He shouldn't have been there for the past two years. Um, if Miles Turner is as good as I think he is and the defense is built around him and he doesn't have to make up for Sabonis or he doesn't have to make up for any like you know <coughs> sloppy fat boy at the four mm. this this defense <clears throat> is going to be built around him with an amazing point of attack defender in Ty- Tyrese Halliburton at the, at, the, at the one amazing point of attack defender yeah no, it's down. extremely long and this is like this is Halliburton's season where it's like you know he's had the post trade deadline just to you know get settled in Indiana obviously they're tanking like not too much pressure but this is sort of like akin to like Shea Gilgis Alexander if he's going to play 82 games a year where it's like okay you have the keys are you going to be an all-NBA player, an all-star, or just, you know, Goran Dragic, right? Like, which mm. which one are you going to be, Halliburton? Goran Dragic famously an, an all-NBA all-star. player. Well, oh, true. Yeah, once. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Well, uh, try and pick third player who isn't all-NBA. Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, right. Um, one-time all-star. That's that sort of level. Um, so, yeah, just this this is going to be a prove-it. I believe in Halliburton. I believe in Miles Turner as a great defender. Don't ask me who's playing the three on this team. Like they ben literally, Matherin. they don't actually employ any threes. <coughs> um, but they do have. A lot Where's of, Jeremy Lamb these days? Uh, I think he might be a free agent or is in Sacramento, which is pretty pretty indicting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. They want to win, uh, and all they have to do is be better than the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and like, they also. <clears throat> so excuse me. They've also been famously bad at being bad. <laughs> like, they're never, ever bad. So, mm. um, also, 25 is, like, not a lot of wins. Mm. They won um, twenty. They won 25 last year. Yeah. So, they just have to be better than last year. And Miles Turner wasn't playing after the deadline, for whatever reason. He's building a Lego. Um, yeah, I cannot wait for this. Like, I wasn't even doing this as a joke, but that the Pacers are my best bet. But it would be so Sean and Dante-esque. It would, yeah, it would be. Yeah. I'm all of a sudden not, not as confident as I was, but you know, whatever. Yeah, but you also don't like Miles Turner as much as me. No, and I also don't think he's going to be there. He would have been gone one But True. let's and move on to man. the Chicago Bulls, whose number is set at 43.5, which would put them in the nine seed. What have you done here, Dante? Let's talk about Lonzo. I've gone <laughs> under. And let's talk about Lonzo. I've gone under as well. What's going on with this guy? <laughs> he just It's two weeks every two weeks. Every fucking two weeks. I wake up in the middle of the night. I check my phone. 
I get a notification. Lonzo Ball timetable return delayed by two weeks. <laughs> Come on. This is like warning signs. Uh, yeah. knee, knee injury for athletic point guard. Like the guy's not, you know, not been playing basketball for six months now. Mm. Um, There's going to be a YouTube video nine months from now where it's just got some dude with his faces on the thumbnail. And it's going to be like a really washed out pick of Lonzo. And it's going to be like, what happened to Lonzo Ball? Was supposed to be the best point guard, the next Chris Paul, and now he plays in Beijing. <laughs> While the Bulls eat, he's 40. And the worst part about this is it makes David Griffin look good. Makes him look excellent. Yeah. Although, you know what? David Griffin's still, still fucking... Because he got Devontae Graham instead. Uh, who you'd rather just have a dude who's who's bedridden than a guy who's just coming off the bench for fifteen <laughs> mil. Actually, seriously, would rather have a dude who's bedridden. But if than a guy who's addicted to shooting in the threes, and I don't mean <laughs> do not mean shooting threes. I mean shooting in the threes. Um. So all right, they don't have their point guard, and they don't know when they're going to have their point guard. They still have Zach Levine, who they resign. They still have Demar Derozan, who that's actually a win in D two law for yourself. Yeah. Um. So we've got Nick Vooch, who's consistently a massive big proponent of the nine seed um and they you know they're he loves it you cannot keep this guy away from the nine seed the the big pickups that they got were Goran Dragic and Andre Drummond um still under but I don't think it's going to be by much I think this team is going to win like 40 games be in the plane and it's going to be gross and they're on the treadmill of mediocrity yeah, I think that last season was probably like the high watermark for mm. what a DeMar team was going to look like mm. um Nothing wrong with that. That's just that's just you know. Yeah, like they won forty six games last year, and they had like the hottest start ever. Like there was a game between Golden State and um, Chicago, and it was like the battle of the one seeds. It's in like yeah, not February, it's before the All Star break. It was like battle of the battle of the one seeds. Warriors came out and smoked the crap out of them in the first quarter, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's okay." You know, they've still won like you know ten of their last eleven games, and it's like, ah, oh, that's pretty telling. That was actually the first playoff team that they. Well, that team, that team went like three and eighteen on the season against teams that were in the top six. That's of the yeah, that was the stat. They just yeah. couldn't beat. Yeah, they just couldn't beat um, quality teams. Mm. And the I, East, East is better now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get. To, to go over this and, mm-hmm. and to hit mid mid forties, mm-hmm. um, but I fully expect them to be low low forties and like definitely um, in the plane as an absolute worst because you're right with with DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch, whatever Patrick Williams turns into, <laughs> he fucking better turn into some, it quick. <laughs> some interesting and useful reserves. Mm-hmm. Caruso still there. Drummond will be a good a good get as a mm-hmm. backup five. Um, you know, like there's enough there to win 40 games. Like we're looking at this roster and we're saying like the New York Knicks are not going to win 40 games. This roster is way better than yeah, the New York yeah, Knicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they don't have a best player by default. They've yeah. got a best player because he's good at basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about like a, a Vooch, Pat Williams trade for Miles Turner? Would that change any of your decisions on either of these two teams? Obviously, that would, of course, buff up the paces because they just have to win 39 games in their sleep now because they, yeah, they have Vooch. Is that an overpay for Turner? Or not, is, not in my or eyes. Is, or is, is Patrick Williams no longer considered like a, a blue chip asset? I think he still is. We're, we, we're, we're seeing in free agency just how much draft pedigree stays with you. Like he's Even though he hasn't played a game of basketball in a long time, 
um, he's still just got the pedigree of just being drafted, even though he was overdrafted and everyone acknowledged it at the time. But like, yeah, Ben McLemore still gets the job. Well, him being overdrafted has worked in his favour because he was overdrafted as like, ooh, this mysterious guy, the Bulls see something in him and these trendy, sexy NBA execs agree. <laughs> these scouts really agree with what the Bulls see in him. And then he's kind of like thrived off that reputation of being like, He's mysterious. We don't know what he could grow <laughs> he's into. He's got a blonde patch in his hair. Who knows what he's capable <laughs> yeah. of? And then we haven't seen him actually play basketball consistently. So we're still like, he got taken fourth. Like, he's this mystery man. Like, could he be the next LeBron? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. But I want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think his value is pretty low. And I think Turner's value is high. But anyway, next team is Cleveland Cavaliers, who's number set at 46.5, which would put them tied in the fifth seed with the... <coughs> With the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I think this team can be a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. And as I said before, when we were talking about the the top ends of the East, I think this is a 50-win team. Um, Not only because their starting lineup is, like, super exciting and, like, actually really good at basketball. Um, Coming off the bench, they've just got competence. Um, And you're going to laugh a little bit, but they've got Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, (laughs) Raul Neto, and Karis LeVert. Like, they've just got four dudes who, who help all of their issues last season, which is that Darius Garland went under, or went down um, Ricky Rubio obviously went down and then got traded um, and they just didn't have any point guard play whatsoever now they've got point guards they've got I actually really like Evan Mobley potentially like even being a bigger option on offense and then obviously traded for um, Donovan Mitchell like this trade this this number 46 and a half was set after the Mitchell trade which is just mightily low mm. what have you done here? well all Donovan Mitchell has done in his life is win over 46 and a half games in every single season. <laughs> With good defenders behind him. Um, I've gone over as well, but can I just interrupt myself? Do I remember a conversation in the last two to three months between you and I on the pod where you were absolutely menacing Rick Rubio as a solid option at backup point guard? I don't know if two of them are the same podcast. <laughs> Must have been a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a different podcast with two white guys I was listening to. <laughs> um, I get them all so confused. <laughs> no, Rick Rubio, friend of the pod, Rick Rubio. It'd be great to have him back. It'd be great to have him hey, back. Hey, sister hasn't slagged me off on Twitter yet, so we're still yeah, all right. So still in the, <laughs> we're still in the, in the good books. No, but Ricky Rubio's, I don't Maybe I didn't like the contract because they could have given him like less. I think, yeah, maybe it was an off-season thing because they gave him more money than he deserved. But it oh, might have been a, a nice wink-wink. It might have been a wink-wink when he got traded. He's a nice guy. He's also Spanish. Have you ever heard Spanish people Spanish people speak? Yeah. Do you remember when Jenny Mazzell told the story about how Ricky Rubio just had a kid and she was like, oh, it's so nice. Like, I know we just got Chris Paul. Little additionally, they're going to run to the finals with the nonce. But... They was like, oh, we, we just got rid of Ricky Rubio. Like, you know, he's so lovely. He just had a kid and it was so nice to hear him talk about his kid. It's like, I don't know. Shoot the fucking ball. Yeah. Like, learn to, learn to take a three. Yeah, and also learn to make a three. <laughs> but Chelsea have just signed this Spanish defender, Mark Cucurea. Yeah, I know all about him. I listening, watched his debut. Listening to him speak. Sparkling debut. <laughs> listening to him speak, I'm like, you guys, you could, you, is this a joke? Is this like a meta joke? Spanish people speaking English because it sounds so funny. <laughs> it sounds so like you're deliberately trying to make me laugh. <laughs> Not in a way that it's like, oh, like that's like out and out, like slap your knee funny, like it's hysterical. Mm. Just in a way that's like, oh, 
These guys. Yeah. Nah, nah, maybe it's just a year. Anyway, <laughs> I've gone over on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. And I'm glad that I got the chance to tell you why. <laughs> um, yeah, Jared Allen's also pretty good. Uh, yeah, these uh, blokes are sick. They're going to be <laughs> loaded. Who's starting at a three for the Cavs? Uh, Isaac Okoro. What about Chetty Osman? Isaac Okoro, just for the job you want, not the job you have, starting <laughs> NBA 3. Um, and Dylan Windler is supposed to be good. International man of mystery, Dylan Windler. Yeah. I, did, didn't Dylan Windler... Didn't Dylan Windler get drafted in the first round like five years ago? Uh, three years ago, he went 28th, which was like one pick before Golden State. Do you know where he came from? Boy, what, what college? I do love this game. Um, I actually don't know. I just remember that it was the most obscure, uh, like like you might have heard of it. Oh, uh, is it like um, like South North Carolina? One of those stupid nah, ones? No, it's not like that, but it's... it's um, is it like, oh, no. It's a one word name that's just like, What? What is this? Dylan Windler, Belmont Bruins. That's yeah. not that's not that stupid. Nah, no, but you never heard of it. Belmont? Yeah. Yeah, I think someone might have mentioned it before. Nah, not the suburb in Perth. <laughs> Still don't know that one. Next team, Detroit Pistons, whose number is set at 28.5, which put them in at the 13th seed. Um, I've gone under. They've got all the incentive to lose. Rookies, rookies are typically bad. Um, and you know that they're going to make a trade of the deadline if they see some value to like you know throw away Alec Burks or Nilans Noel or, I don't know, maybe even Beef Stew. Oh, um, say that. But Beef Stew is going to be starting at the four on opening night. Um, Dwayne Casey actually had a bit of a... Uh, like. It's not going to get an SB Nation beef history, but it was a tiny beef where he said he was going to start. I should probably find that guy's name. Um, it's just like the their thirteenth man who's going to start at the four, just because he's like literally the only dude. Isaiah Livers. He says he's going to start Isaiah Livers at the four, just because he's like I just need shooting. Like just uh, um, who's their GM again? The Troy Weaver. Troy Weaver. He goes, just give me shooting fours. Like I've got five centers and I've got a couple of threes, and I don't have any fours. So surely be better off starting Kalia than to get the four if you wanted to get yeah. shooting in there. It's the first thing teams going to look at in a pick and roll as soon as he gets out there. Well, but then not again, trying to win. You know, you're not trying to win, which is why I've gone under. But that's why they're playing Isaiah Livers, the 13th <laughs> man at the four. Um, you don't see any, like I said, you've also gone under, I should say. Um, you don't see any like play in push, like maybe they get off to a hot start. Checks nah. notes for a <laughs> easy strength of schedule to start. You know what? They've actually got one of the easiest starting <laughs> schedules in the league. Um, and. One of the hardest finishes, but you know, by the time you're in the finish, teams are tanking harder than they are on day one. Is there a maybe, maybe a sneaky no, you've play got, you've in? No, you've got that around the wrong way. No, I haven't. Yeah, you have. They've got a hard start and an easy finish. Oh, I do. So they're going to come out of the gates <laughs> two, right, and, two and 13, and it's going to be well due. No, I mean, like, there's every chance that Jaden Ivey needs a quarter of a season to like even figure out how to play NBA basketball. Cade mm. has yet to show that he can consistently um, like turn his excellence and court control into winning. Um, and any any veteran that proves too good for their role or too good for what Detroit needs from them will promptly be shipped out. Like it doesn't have, you don't have to wait till the deadline to ship out your veterans. This is a Carl Corver January sort of trade. You can, yeah, you can do that as soon as December, December 15 hits. Mm. Um, You know, not that these guys are signing contracts, but like you don't have to wait for um, some big, like monumental 
thing you can just say like whoa like Noel's Noel's randomly playing really well and we don't want him to play really well <laughs> who needs a backup center mm. who needs a starting center um news about news broke this morning about Nerlens Noel obviously we're in a little bit of a dry period so not much news is breaking but Nerlens Noel uh, <coughs> he lost his lawsuit against uh, Rich Paul it was dismissed um, where he said that his agent didn't try hard enough to get him a good contract and gave him the wrong advice in taking the qualifying well, his agent his agent got him the contract he just didn't want, he just advised him to not take it yeah, um, which is probably the reason why he got dismissed at court. Uh, next team, the Miami Heat. Their number is set at 48.5, which, should I say, is the exact same as last season, 48 wins, um, or 48.5 in Sean's speak because you can push half numbers. Um, what have you done with this 48.5 for the Miami Heat? I've gone over. Uh, do you feel confident? No. Nah. That's another 50-win team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do we got to know? Eight 50-win teams? <laughs> no, I've gone over, but in the, in the in a similar vein to my Milwaukee pick, I, I would bet on this team. Actually, I wouldn't bet because I don't bet on sports. And here at the Deep 2, whilst we don't discourage you from betting on sports, we want to make sure that you have a healthy relationship with your sports betting app of choice. Um... <laughs> Lincoln Bio. Did I mention? Did I mention the footies on this weekend? <laughs> Get your mates together and slap a bet on. Go yeah, have a laugh. Anyway, yeah, Lincoln Bio. Uh, I would be betting on this on this team to be very high forties, very low fifties. Um, so I've gone over, but only just. I was kind of thinking about it, and I'm like, why am I going to go? Why is this team going to be good? Mm-hmm. And here's what I was thinking. Surely, we see a good year from Bam. Yeah, we've always seen good years, no, but not in a way, not in a satisfying way, other than that first year where he was All NBA third team. Yeah, where he was like truly unleashed, and we were like, "Whoa!" Like this guy is like a point center, but he was also a good scorer that season. He wasn't shooting threes, but he was really stroking it from the mid range. If he can kind of get back to that scoring form and be like a real legitimate number two scoring option, which is all he has to be, mm-hmm. that could be really dangerous. Jimmy Butler, like, let's just pencil Jimmy Butler in as being Jimmy Butler. What, 40, 47 games? <laughs> he hits, like, 10 threes in two games and no, then doesn't he, take any more. He, he can be the the guy when he's available. Mm. Um, and I, I guess I would, I would kind of hope, like, we can't see, like, a worse Kyle Lowry season than we did last year. <laughs> <laughs> from a from an availability standpoint, like he had injuries and he had family stuff going on that kept him in and out of the lineup all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, an available, healthy Kyle Lowry as your third option. Throw in Tyler Hero, contract year off the bench. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it sounds pretty confident. So you've hit the over by one win. Um, <laughs> I've hit the under by quite a bit because... <laughs> This was the exact same amount of wins that they won last year, and how are they getting better? Like, well, it's their exact same over under, but it's not their exact same wins from last year. It's not. No, this is a good team last year. Completely written that wrong. Sorry, so they've won fifty three games, and they lost PJ Tucker, who was a good glue guy. PJ Tucker. (laughs) All I hear is PJ Tucker. If Um, I wanted someone to average four point six (laughs) points, I know where I'm going. Um, Kyle Larry, Jimmy Butler, you sort of fobbed off the, oh, Kyle Larry had a bad season last year. He's pretty old. 
Yeah, man, it's like we, like we couldn't get a worse car out of it. No, we definitely could. Like, we, it's absolutely possible that, yeah. we, that we do. Like, the only high upside stuff here that I see is that Bam, Bam coming back to an all-NBA level. Um, Victor Oladipo, he plays basketball. He played well in the playoffs. Um, he played, like, more playoff games than regular season games. If he's healthy and he's actually good, um, he could be a good regular season player. Do you Victor want- Oladipo in 2022 is like the sirens for Odysseus and his and his uh, ship crew yeah that's I was actually gonna, I've got that written down next but <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll let you yeah, take that one whatever if, if Victor Oladipo if he's healthy and he's actually good <laughs> like nah you're, you're being dragged under you're getting you're getting sucked into the beautiful siren song and all of a sudden your ship is getting chopped up by the waves and the rocks and the sirens are feasting on your flesh yeah right um I love Pirates of the Caribbean as much as the next bloke. Um, oh, come on now. And they have a Martin twin who might have a little bit upside. Which one? Well, that probably speaks to his upside, doesn't it? Caleb. Yeah, I'm going Caleb on this one. <laughs> That's also the over-under Caleb or Cody. <laughs> the depth... The... The deep... The... Ugh, the deep two. God, that's a mouthful. Anyways, I'm Marco, co-host of the... Hey, Daniel Gafford, what's the name of our podcast? The JVG NBA Tribute Show. Wow, I can't believe it's that easy. Thanks, Gaff. You probably know us as two members of the Four Man Weave plus Marco, but we know you as our next listener. Well said, Lucas. I gotta ask, how do we differ from the pack of basketball podcasts? It's a great question, Marco. You see, on our basketball podcast, we have two male co-hosts. Wow, truly groundbreaking. After this episode, stay on your favourite podcasting app and give us a spin. The next team is the Atlanta Hawks, whose number's set at 46.5, which would tie them uh, in the fifth seed with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I've gone over. This is another just grown man team like the Cavs, who I think could exceed expectations. Um, they've added quite a little bit of depth, like, you know, the the Justin Holiday types, you know, akin to that Kevin Love-Ricky Rubio, uh, you know, tandem. I don't like saying that. Um, Tandem's a great word. No, just referring to Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love as a tandem. I think that'd be a great tandem. (laughs) I'm just imagining them on a tandem bike. Or maybe in a rowboat together. Uh, Shaped like a banana. No, shaped like a swan. I was at the big banana last week. Did you see me? I sent a photo in the group. What are you doing, your big banana? (laughs) Um... Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love a John Collin trade because I think anything anything positive back for John Collin would be What do you want incredible. to get back for John Collin? Just a warm body. Potentially one that plays the three. I heard Cam Reddish is available. <laughs> Poor Cam Reddish, huh? You've been slagging him off forever and you turned out to be right. Yeah. Um, but also just the, the biggest problem with this team, with the Atlanta Hawks last year, who won 43 games, so three and a half games under this number, is that whenever Trey Young was on the bench, they were just absolutely shocking, like worst team in the league types of levels. So now they've got this two, two-headed point guard attack with DeJounte Murray. So the, when they're playing on the court together, they've just got two good guards, like, you know, arguably some of the best guards on both defense and offense. Um, but then you can stagger them and hopefully they do stagger them so that for every single minute of the game that you play, you're going to have one good ball dominant guard. They will out definitely there. stagger them. Um, and also Trey Young off the ball. This is the first time in his career where he's really been like unlocked like a like a Steph Curry well, type. You know, we let's ha- wait and see if it happens first. Yeah, but Notoriously like, ball dominant players don't just like switch off the ball <laughs> like just because someone else who can dribble gets there. But what the fuck is he going to do? Just, just stand at it's the extension good, of the pressure. Which is why part of the reason why I'm so 
hesitant about this team like mm. because I just think that that combo might not work mm. because if Trey doesn't move off the ball then you have Murray off ball a lot more mm. which good. is not his strength mm. at all mm. um, so he has to kind of be willing to share the controls in order to incorporate Murray's skill set but also leverage and unlock that skill set that you're talking about that off ball skill set mm. which in theory he has but in in the NBA level we've never seen it mm. like he's never been a spot up shooter because he's always been an off a dribble shooter mm. and it makes sense that he would just be able to step into that like he's a great shooter step into that spot up role but it doesn't come naturally to him that much is clear mm. and maybe he's reluctant to relinquish control maybe he wants to incorporate Murray into his system rather than altering the system to share. Yeah, there is no incorporating Murray into his system. I, I'm I'm skeptical that it that it might not actually work between those two, mm. which would be diabolical for the Hawks with what they've invested in Murray. Um, I've gone over just because it's only three, <laughs> it's only three and a half games. Yeah, more than last season, and, and they had told All Star. If you had have told them after making the conference finals the season before. Mm that they would only win 43 games the next year, that would probably be like worst case scenario. Mm. How badly could next season go? Oh, you you're four, you win 43 games and you're the nine seed. Mm. And you, sneak, you get absolutely killed by the Miami Heat who just embarrassed Trey Young. So it, it can't be worse than that. Yep. It, 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 in all likelihood, will be three and a half games better than that at least. Mm. But I'm just spiritually... I'm I'm kind of off this team a little bit. Yeah, I I can completely understand why. Like it, it's just embarrassing for them saying they're bored of the regular season while losing games and then yeah. just putting up a lackluster season when they had so much potential. Like you just never see that and you hate to see it. So completely fair enough if you're off the vibes of the team. Uh, do you want to move on to the next team? Yeah, the oh. Charlotte Hornets at thirty six and a half, which would put them in at the eleventh seed. Um, I've gone under. Uh, you have also gone under. So we're assuming, as we mentioned, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, no Miles Bridges. Uh, he will not be playing basketball. Um, man, I've just done this other another Halliburton slash Prime Drogic sort of. You know, can you be that guy to Lamelo Ball here? But if Lamelo Ball hits his his top water mark, which you know I think could be very much an All NBA player, he's still playing next to Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. So. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? Um, this team should have tanked the season prior, but they were just addicted to the play-in. Uh, so this is a perfect opportunity to tank, and I think thirty-six is quite high. Like, where where's yeah, thirty-six this, wins coming from? This team is going to be awful. This team yeah. is like, what, what is it? It's like it's a Gordon Haywood if he's available, mm. like obviously alongside the Melo, Rosier, Tesla, Mason Plumley. Yeah, they do. Mason, when? Not if, <laughs> He's had two triple doubles now. So. That's, why, that's what I'm talking about. When? <laughs> not if. Um, the Martin twin, Cody Martin. He was good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's pretty thin roster. Thirty-six is a lot of wins for a very bad team. Yeah. Um, last season they won forty-three. And that was with a most improved player like um, like Miles Bridges, who's obviously probably not going to be playing basketball. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's, it kind of sucks when you take away a team's second best player and try and ask them to win games. Well, it sucks for the team. It sucks for the team. win basketball, though. When, when the guy is Miles Bridges, <laughs> it, I think it's a net positive. When the guy deserves not to be a second best player on a team. Uh, the next team are the Washington Wizards, whose numbers set at 30, 35 and a half, putting them behind the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, what have you done Oof. with this number over and under? I've gone under, just because, like, the Washington Wizards are going to win 36 games. Okay, show me. <laughs> So many. That's all they do. No. Nah, all they do is what let's let's see. Let's see. 35. <laughs> 35 last year. Yeah. Um no, nah, I mean like sure. If you're if if they go over and they win thirty eight. <laughs> you're not crying whatever. about this. Nah, I'm not I'm not worried about it at all. Yeah. I, I mean like Bill Porzingis, like new opportunities there. But everything else is still the same. Mm. Everything else is still the same collection of guys. Wondering like which of these recent first round picks is going to pop, which of our like ten centers is going to prove to be the one that's like the starting center for the future, mm. and like none of the none of the first round picks ever pop, none of the centers ever yeah, establish themselves. Everyone's really down on um who was who's the guy that they got, like the scoring guard out of it was like he was like Anthony the, Gill. <laughs> <laughs> that's <coughs> that might be my least favorite. Um. <coughs> Who Johnny Davis? Everyone's like super down on Johnny Davis the second he got drafted, and it's like, yeah, he fell. Like, you know, calm down. Like, mm. do you want to go in the second round? Um, just, just wait till the wait till the Wizards draft picks underperform before saying that they're going to underperform. No, but it is, <clears throat> it is a tradition like no other. The Wizards' late lottery pick underperforming. <laughs> <clears throat> We're almost there. I think my yeah, I think my voice box might be maxing itself out. I can speak for you for the for the next one and a half. I'll communicate to you in sign language. Um, I've yeah, gone. The next, the I've next... gone over. Yeah, I have nothing else left. To <laughs> I, I've gone over um, because I really like their center depth, the Zinger and Gafford. Um, Kuzma's good at basketball. Yeah, Kuzma Kuzma, is Kuzma's a good third player. option, yeah. and he's only gotten better since leaving LA. <laughs> <laughs> But the Wizards are just made to win 30-something games. Um, and if Bradley yeah, Beal can... What does it start with you? Always starts with a three. If Bradley Beal can um, can be a 30-point-per-game scorer on a 30-win team again, that's just the, the, that's the way the universe is. That's You're on how... the wrong side of the 30-30 points per game to win <laughs> Vortex. Um, all right, final team here, the Orlando Magic, whose numbers set at 25.5. They are projected to be the 14th seed. I've gone under, you've gone under. I'm going to try and speak for you here and say incentive to lose, uh, Ooh, yeah. full stop. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I do I do want to say one thing, which sucks because I know your throat hurts. But no, you got a podcast, say it. They've got a little bit of 2021-22 Cavs potential here. Oh, that's huge. Which is a team that's like... Now I'm I'm definitely not, I've, I've still picked the under. I don't believe it. I don't believe it enough to change my to change my decision. But the Magic have competent players like the Cavs last year, and the Cavs what just brought in a draft pick. They just brought it all together. So this Orlando roster has Wendell Carter Jr., Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, John Isaac, <laughs> Terrence Ross, Franz Wagner. Um, and Paolo Banquero. They did have Gary Harris, but he's actually just torn a meniscus. The poor guy. Um, that's like, you know, seven to eight good players on their team. And that's that's what the Cavs were, and it just worked. And, like, the Cavs ended up being the 10 seed. 
the eight seed and then lost in the play-in because they were just decimated they by injuries. Than that the whole year. Yeah, yeah, and they they just had good players like Wendell Carter Jr. You're like, okay, yeah, he's he's a good center and he's got a little bit of upside. If Paolo Banquero is that go-to offensive hub and this is going to be his worst season for the next ten years, like if he is going to be what he is going to be, that's still fine. Like Luka Doncic in his rookie season was a sixteen point per game scorer who was quite efficient. Um, Colin Anthony, I don't love it, but Marco Fultz, like if he's healthy. You're just running every transition game. Um, John Isaac should be able to switch on every single pick and roll. I don't know what he's doing, but like, I mean, he's still he's still listed as injured, so who knows? And Franz Wagner is good at basketball. Yeah, I think that they could either go to towards being that 2021 Cavs, or they could go towards being the in perpetuity Wizards because they've got a lot of like competent young basketball players mm. who have not yet done that much to distinguish themselves. Mm. And who could very easily just end up being like average yeah. NBA players, like you know, in your Denny and your Rui um, type mode, where it's like, oh, like you know, a lot of draft pedigree, but you actually just like you actually just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but unlike the Wizards, at least they have the number one overall draft pick. Yeah, and at least they got forty-four points. <laughs> Uh, all right, Dante. That was that was the fastest we've ever wrapped up uh, Eastern Conference over under or Western Conference over under. Hey, um, credit to our podcasting acumen after doing this three acumen. or four times. Acumen. Well, this is four times. Uh, four I times. can't believe it. I think it's three. Nah. Just don't don't tell me again because I will look stupid. You're tripping. Um, do you like the new posters I got on the wall? Beatles. Yeah, where the old ones go? Uh, in the office, mate. In the so office. now when I'm taking very sophisticated Zoom calls, I've just got The Rock with... Who the fuck's that guy? George Harrison. Never seen him before. You're an idiot. Well, you, play, you play the trumpet or the flute or something. He played guitar and vocals. Um, my, you should my, watch his movie. Very spiritual person and actually like a real sensible guy. I famously am both spiritual spiritual and sensible. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's also cautiously optimistic. Oh my god! Him, don't tell me he gets it from his mum. He gets it from his mum. Oh shit! Um, all right, Dante. I'll speak to you next week. We were over the moon when we first heard that the NBA was going to be televised on Australian free-to-air TV in the 2019-20 season. It didn't exactly go swimmingly with the nasty cough halting the season and games getting cancelled left, right and centre, but it was a huge step and an exciting one for basketball fans all across the country. Better yet, it wasn't a commercial channel cashing in on some basketball nerds like us. It was SBS, one of our public broadcasters. Unfortunately, the NBA wasn't the only thing SBS was pushing last season. They also ran advertisements from Sportsbet, Ladbroke, Bet365, BetEasy and Neds, some of the biggest sports betting companies in Australia. In a one step forwards, two steps backwards move, SBS has dropped the ball here. As a public broadcaster, SBS plays a key role in providing relevant, culturally appropriate health information to local communities. The last thing SBS should be doing is offering a platform for gambling companies during the most financially unstable time in recent memory. This past year, men aged 18 to 24 made up 79% of new gambling account holders with increased median spending and frequency of bets. This is the last thing we should be spending our money on given the financial uncertainty that comes with the pandemic. During COVID lockdowns, wagering companies spent more money on advertising and incentives to gamble, and it worked. SBS needs to hear from viewers that gambling ad revenue isn't worth the harm it causes. 
Call on the SBS chair, George Savitas, to put community health ahead of gambling revenue by signing the petition at www.endgamblingads.org.au forward slash get gambling off SBS with hyphens in between.